ending um, pain of infidelity. So um, it's not the 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 pain of discovery. We're talking about the lasting pain of it. And so we're gonna hit on some points there, and uh, so when we come back, we'll I'll kind of outline that for everybody. So don't go anywhere. So thank you for anybody who's uh, been watching our uh, our podcast being filmed live and mm-hmm. for anybody who's listening to it on our podcast. Uh, as always, we encourage you to please give us a five-star review. Check out the show notes so you can see uh, different links and resources that we have. Uh, and of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, always please su- subscribe to our channel, ring the bell. So that you can be notified when uh, we post new videos or we go live on something. Um, also, I've been trying to cut these into some shorts. Uh, don't know how well that's working out. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk about the lasting pain of infidelity today. So to kind of break it down for you guys, we're basically we're going to talk about just the question uh, that we hear a lot in therapy from partners who, who have uh, just you know, been working for a period of time on recovery from the discovery of infidelity. Why does it hurt? Why is it still hurting? Mm -hmm. You know, so we're going to address that question. We're going to talk about the role of grief and attachment. And then we're going to talk about the rebuilding process, Mm -hmm. you know, so in which really is kind of addressing the question or, or the idea that it's, it's not going to hurt forever. Right. Right. But yeah. I do think it kind of shocks people that it it's still hurting, yeah. you know, after a good period of time. Yeah. Is that your experience? Yes. Too? I think that is. I think one of the reasons we chose to speak to this today is because that is a common question or even just feedback that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe it still feels this way. How long right. does this really take? Um, those are all really common questions. Yeah. I think the the hard thing as a therapist in addressing this with, with clients and because, you know, especially when clients first come in, they're already feeling overwhelmed by the yeah. crisis that they're in, you know, and, um, you know, one thing that we have to do is just really be mindful about how much we deliver mm-hmm. in that first session. And sometimes it's like, you know, you want to deliver the right amount. It's like, oh, this, this is going to, I think this is a, a person that can help me. But if you do too much, it's like it can basically overwhelm the system. And, and one of the things that uh, sometimes is asked is like when people ask like, what, how, how long Mm -hmm. does it take? Because Mm -hmm. the answer to that is not very appealing to, to people that are going through it. You know, no, I always tell them it's like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest thinking I got to get all the way to the top. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, in the grand scheme of things, it's not, it, it really isn't a long time, right. but it does, it's like, you know, if you're starting your, you know, I, I'm starting my freshman year, freshman year of college, it seems like that diploma is just right. a long ways away. Right. And the next thing you know, you're getting your diploma sure. and, you're, and you're like, wow, like it, it just seemed like yesterday I was starting my freshman year, right. you know? Right. Um, so I try not to, to go into that, um, very much on the first sessions yeah. do you yeah. like no but when people ask me directly i'm, I'm gonna be give them a 
an answer. Yeah. What what answer do you give? One to three years. Oh, you just tell them how right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carrie's just direct. Yeah. 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 You know, and of course, there's yeah. a huge difference between one year and three years. Yeah. So. Um, but as we know, it can be more. It can be more. I, I think, though, you know, I work with couples. I work with individuals. I work with the people who have, you know, stepped mm-hmm. out of their relationship. I work with people who've been betrayed. But I probably work more with people who've experienced betrayal, right? right? And so I find that they're trying to create some kind of game plan in their head, right? They're trying to map this new territory. And so telling them a number, I think, is what's part of what they're looking for. And I think that also what you're speaking to today is that initial shock of, oh, my gosh, what's happened? What do I do? Gathering information Mm -hmm. is part of managing the crisis, and so I think it's helpful. Right. Um, yeah. But I think that what we're specifically speaking to today is after that initial crisis, we've established some structure. We've got a little bit of the territory mapped. Mm-hmm. Why does it still hurt? Right. Right. And um, so that's also where there's yeah. that one to three years, obviously, all of a sudden starts to seem like a yeah. lot of variability. Yeah. So how, how do you, um, how do you, offer some comfort in that in like kind of uh if you if they start to experience maybe overwhelmed by that mm-hmm. number like mm-hmm. what's your next move there to kind of yeah. offer yeah. uh comfort and hope that so. that one to three years includes all the stages of recovery mm-hmm. it's not this stage one of crisis right? right that includes the discovery right the process of grief and loss the mm-hmm. process of anger the process of rebuilding the process Mm of, you know, establishing a new normal, the process of hope and gratitude, Mm -hmm. right? Right. That that's all included in that. Right. So in other words, not one to three years of, of raw crisis. Of feeling the way you feel right Right. now in this moment. Absolutely. No. And the other one is to, you know, kind of to embrace, you know, kind of if you're going to use a, a mindfulness metaphor, you know, the, the river's moving, you may as well get in, like time's going to pass. Right. Right. One to three Mm -hmm. years is going to pass. But if we start working, it'll be a different kind of one to three years. Right. Right. Yeah. So I tell people when they bring that up, I, I, I usually don't, uh, do, I'm not as direct as you and that probably doesn't surprise you. No, it doesn't. Right. Um, uh, so I usually just say something, something to the effect of that, you know, um, the first year is the hardest. Mm -hmm. So to, to, to imply that, you know, it's going to be longer than a year. You know, the first year is the hardest yeah. because you have all the anniversary dates. So, like, it's it, it really does feel to a lot of people like like some sort of death. You mm-hmm. know, the loss is that significant. So it's just like if you experienced a death in the family. Absolutely. You know, that first year is hard because mm-hmm. it's like you're you're experiencing all these uh, markers of life. You know, mm-hmm. all these rituals and events that are regular throughout a a calendar year Mm -hmm. and you're experiencing them for the first time without this person right which it which hits on the question what is how do i do life now without Mm -hmm. this person Mm -hmm. right that is what our brains have to figure out Mm -hmm. when we lose somebody Mm -hmm. right and that's i would say a large part of what grief is yes sure you know and so the same thing i think is happening when um what I call like the collapse of the infrastructure of the relationship happens when infidelity is discovered, mm-hmm. you know, everything is a first, yep. everything's a first, you yep. know, um, the first Christmas, the first 
Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Those are really a couple of hard ones, mm-hmm. but also like the new year. Right. For right. example, like right. the, the first family birthday, the right. first anniversary, wedding anniversary and yeah, whatever. Sure. And so, um, which can trigger a plethora of difficult feelings, right? Yes. Sure. Based upon the event and how it hits you. Mm-hmm. And then there's all, uh, the anniversary of the day you discovered. D-Day. Right, which mm-hmm. is often called D-Day, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so you know, uh, so I'll often say, like, so you're obviously, you know, it's going to be a year at mm-hmm. least, you know, uh, you got to get through that first year. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, from there, it's really just, it's to be determined mm-hmm. by, you know, the, the couple themselves, the injuries that the injury itself, uh, and the, you know, the traumas of the couple from the past. And we're going to talk a little bit about why that's important. And, uh, it, it can vary, you know, and you and I, we, we have seen people that couldn't make their relationship work after a discovery of something like porn addiction. Mm-hmm. And we've seen people, we've seen couples that have done the work and thrived um, as a couple when there's been multiple, multiple, like dozens of sexual partners right. involved. And so it's it, doing the betrayal trauma work is, is there's so much unpredictability in it, but that's, we talk about that a lot, right? The name yeah. of the game is uncertainty. That's right. right. That's actually what we're going for. That's the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. It's learning how to navigate this world of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so, so that's kind of how. I mean, so we obviously have a couple different approaches mm-hmm. on how when people want to know the yep. answer. But the, the Carrie's right. Like the, you know, the time frame is. I hate. I even hate saying it on the podcast. I know. It's more years than months. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that I, I think we probably say in different ways is that. Um, it's not, it's not three years of misery right. or four years of misery. Right. Like that part should only be probably months. Yeah. But the pain, you know, the tears are still there at various mm-hmm. times. The angst and anxiety, depression, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, different uncomfortable feelings are there at various times. Sure. Um, to varying degrees. Yes. But sure. I, I would say that misery, after a year of recovery work, I would even say before that, but let's just stick with a year here. You definitely um, shouldn't just be in utter misery, right? You know, like right. you were on the day you found out. Sure, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that there are, you know, factors that influence, right, the depth and breadth of mm-hmm. and the duration of of pain. I think sometimes mm-hmm. the extent of the betrayals is one of them, mm-hmm. but so is you know something that you mentioned earlier. You know. Mm-hmm. What does this reflect about the attachment that was mm-hmm. shattered in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And um, a healthy attachment is a blend of, you know, interdependence where we both lean and count on each other and some separateness mm-hmm. and independence. And for a lot of couples, mm-hmm. you know, they are very close or they feel very connected or dependent on each other. And so, to find out there's been a betrayal and it forces some separateness can feel very, very much like, you know, as scary as death. I can't do this. I don't know how to right. live any other way. Right. And that, that panic, that level of, of stress response, right. Mm-hmm. May mean that it's going to take some more work. 
right. to get someone back to what we would probably want to say it would be a regulated state. Right. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, right before uh, or during our dialogue on, on this, uh, putting this episode together, uh, one of the questions I asked you, which I'm going to ask you again, is, um, so, which is something that's happened many times to both of us, somebody, uh, a partner who's been betrayed sitting across from you, and they're, you know, the, the year anniversary mm-hmm. is coming up of mm-hmm. D-Day, or they just had it. And they're sitting across from you and they're perplexed by why after a year is this yeah. still hurting? Like, yeah. how, how would you answer that one? I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to probably be different based upon what client, but what do you find yourself often saying? I think that I, I kind of take it to the body and that the body remembers and the body needs to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And it's an acknowledgement of what you've lived. It's not a reflection of a failure. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hope that if I've been fortunate enough to walk through work with this couple as they approach that year, that we've done enough you know, awareness building to, mm-hmm. v- to value, you know, okay, what's on the calendar? I ask often, what's on the calendar? What's coming up? What do we need to plan for? Not just because I'm being a good cognitive behavioral therapist, right? And noticing times mm-hmm. that you could have irrational thoughts, but because the body remembers Right. Right. And sometimes people are coming out of such a trauma state that they've numbed out their body. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm really inviting them to pay attention. And, and this is something that I, it's not, I mean, I remember that I had a time in my life where a lot of bad things happened all Mm -hmm. in one season. And for years I'd be like, why am I always sad in September? I'm always, Oh, it's getting dark. That's probably why. And it was, geez, years later, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my body's sad because those sad things happened in September. And it was yeah. like a lightning bolt had hit me. And I'm a therapist, and I do this every day, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a normal thing to not recognize it, perhaps. But what I hope we can help people do is value it, right? Not right. walk away from it. To just kind of put their arm around, yeah, your body's going to remember. And that's part yeah. of the healing journey. Yeah, and how amazing is that? That, I know. That our bodies have a memory. Like every individual I cell I know. has a memory. I, I mean, know. and that is that is for our benefit. It just doesn't feel like it is no. during times like this. No. It right? Doesn't. Because I do, the way I always say it is there's a part of your brain that cares more when it comes to survival, mm. cares more about your safety than it does your comfort. Yes, absolutely. Right? And so it's parts, it's like, the, the little kid inside of us is going, but it hurts. And that part of your brain is like, hey, you know, I know it hurts, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, your safety is more important to me right now. Yeah. So we're just going to have to, I'm going to have to just let that be. It's a very good parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part of our brain. <laughs> that it's part. It's like right. a dad. We've like, got it. Damn, we got to let it hurt. Right. The you know? confident first. But, um, boy, for the person who's hurting, it doesn't, you no. know, they, they want that pain to stop. You bet. And, and so we definitely can empathize uh, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so another, so, so some of it too, like kind of what you're talking about too is like uh, one is like there's some biological things that we're not going to bore you with too much on that, mm-hmm. and um, the way attachment works. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think has happened in the way that this type of trauma works, and I talk to cl- clients about this, is that you, we are talking about the collapse of an infrastructure. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? So the rules that govern the relationship have collapsed, you know, and the and 
a lot of times, I think most of us are guilty of this. I'm not saying everybody who enters into a committed relationship are guilty of this, but I th- I do think most most of us are is that we tend to build what we what I call a house of cards yeah. uh, infrastructure. So, in other words, the rule system that governs the relationship, the rules are leaning on each other. And they depend for one rule to hold, the other rule has to hold. Mm-hmm. And if you, if one rule is challenged and it collapses, the whole thing collapses. Mm-hmm. So an example of that, usually these rules are, are a lot of always and nevers, mm-hmm. and this is how it has to Certainties. be. Is supposed to right mm-hmm. a lot of certainty, right? So here we are with the challenge of certainty versus uncertainty, and so. Uh, for example, when the thing that you thought would never happen to you happens, right? Then it's like, what else did what else can happen? Did, what else did I miss? Yeah. And, and a partner's more than any client I've ever seen. I think they feel like such fools, mm-hmm. and they're not. So if you're hearing, if you're a partner listening to this, uh, a partner who's been betrayed, you're not a fool. Um, but it it creates it's such an abrupt collapse of the system that you just feel foolish that you mm-hmm. operated in it mm-hmm. and and this is where i often talk about contrast right right which yeah. we like to mention you know it's actually you reminded me of this years oh, ago yeah. that it was our beloved professor mm-hmm. that said that right mm-hmm. who was it dave oh, fournier yeah i know yeah. you know. yeah our, he he always uh he was a science guy, right? Yeah, His I said beloved guy. professor. Like he is still with us, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's not gone. He's just not our professor anymore. <laughs> he's not our anymore. late beloved right. professor. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. That's a good clarification. But I would love to see. But him he again. he said, and he I don't even know if he meant this to be brilliant or if it was just one of those things that he said that was so crystal and helpful that I've made it something powerful. Yeah. But he said information is found in contrast, and right. the simplicity of that statement always helps me as a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it is such a good um, director to explore when you're talking about yeah. healing from betrayal trauma, right? We used to, right? It's our first year. Yeah. Speaking of, it's D Day, right? right? I'm contrasting what I was before this day. Mm-hmm. I'm contrasting what I was like the holiday when I didn't know. Yeah, it's so foundational mm-hmm. in what we do. It like, is. Um, a, a metaphor I will often use with clients is. The I'm like, have you? Are you ever sitting in a room, and the air conditioner shuts off, and then you're like, wow, it's quiet in here, <laughs> right? And I think I think there's a part of us that's a little troubled <laughs> by the idea that I was sitting in that room and it was that loud, and, and I didn't, didn't even notice? notice. Are you kidding me? You know, I don't think it hits us that overt but i do think there's a level of kind of being troubled by this idea that i didn't even notice mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. loud it was in here <laughs> and then it got real quiet right um i think that's contrast yes right mm-hmm. and and so uh when that happens uh to so, so abruptly you know, the air conditioner metaphor times a thousand, you know, just so abruptly in a relationship when it comes to like infidelity. Now your your brain is going through everything. Yes. So anybody who has experienced betrayal trauma knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They are going through their Rolodex of memories. Mm-hmm. 
wondering, was this real? Was this real? Was this true? Mm-hmm. And, and even though the focus in the beginning is on the person who cut them open. Right. But it's not just that person that they're dealing with trust issues with. Right. They're having trouble trust. Like, did, did so-and-so know? Did this right. person know? Right. Is this, and then like maybe a friend knew that, well, now what about my other friends? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, are you, are you like, uh, maybe uh, my parents didn't even want me marrying this this person, right. you know, and they never right. told me like, right. and then it's, then obviously it starts shifting back to self. It's like, I don't even trust me mm-hmm. anymore, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and it's just, it, like I said, it's a complete collapse. Mm-hmm. The house of cards. Of, mm-hmm. Right. Of the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the, the process that we start taking clients through is a rebuilding right. phase of, and it takes a while because you, you definitely got to get through the first year yeah. to experience all the kind of cultural phenomenon we go through. Sure. To know how that's going to resonate with you. And like, you know, do, do you... Do you want to do certain, do you want to keep certain traditions right. or not? Right. Do you want to celebrate Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. Or do you just, or do you think, you know, it's just a government holiday and you just want people to spend Government, money. it's not a government holiday. Or it's not, is it? No. But how, then why, how did this even happen? It's a, man, it's a, uh, you know, merchandising the government's behind holiday, it. right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a government oh, holiday. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just Air saying quotes. nobody gets, the banks are closed. <laughs> right now. But I meant like, you know, right. like some conspiracy it's holiday. So, is I, what get I, was getting at. I get it. Yeah. But it's like, that's, that's kind of that, that, that analyzation process where I, I talk mm-hmm. about like everything's going under the microscope. Yes. Every rule, every memory, every, it's like, and they're basically in, in my mind, like one of three things that's going to happen. The, the, the rule, the old rule, the old principle or value will make the cut into your new world that you're charting. Um, it won't make the cut at all, or it will make the cut with modifications mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to it. And, um, but it's like, uh, I think the, the movie inside out mm-hmm. really portrays this well, because, do you remember when they're dragging sadness <laughs> through the hallway of memories mm-hmm. and sadness is touching all these memories that are turning blue, right? Yes. These happy memories are now sad, right? And it's like your brain is like literally going through mm-hmm. a Rolodex of right. probably some that you don't even realize is happening. Right, right, right. Thousands and thousands of memories reevaluating, you know? Mm-hmm. I yep. rambled, sorry. I do that sometimes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're okay with it, yeah, right? Yeah, I am. I'm listening. <laughs> I am. I yeah. am. But I think that the sh- the infrastructure piece is what we're wanting to kind of share because it takes a long time to rebuild infrastructure, right? We've yeah. all driven down the highways and it takes forever, right? Yeah. So it takes a long time because the parts that are being rebuilt aren't just the relationship. They're both individuals and the relationship. Right. And so if you think about it being, you know, a triple rebuild, mm-hmm. you can, I think it kind of helps to give a little bit more understanding about that original question is why is this still hurting? Why is right. this still hard? Now, what are what would you say are some things that we know that you know as a therapist because we've done this for a while, you know, mm-hmm. that you know is coming. That as when they're asking themselves that question, they're gonna. It's one thing for us to tell them the answer, mm-hmm. but we know most of the time, right. like you know, that that is important to yeah. our clients. And it does, I do believe, helps them to, to gain some understanding how we respond to that. 
but um, there are some things that people are finding out they need to find out on their own. Sure. sure. And so what type of things do you think like you, you know is coming down the pike for them when it comes to them answering their own question? Of why does this hurt so bad? Yeah, why is this still hurting after a year? Because right? logically it doesn't make sense. We've been doing a lot of recovery work. Mm-hmm. My partner is here. Mm-hmm. Like they, they clear and let's just say this is one where their partner's been clearly remorseful. Like and and feels uh, an immense amount of shame and is willing has been willing to do almost anything to mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to make it better or to do what needs to be done, mm-hmm. but it still hurts. Mm-hmm. Why is that happening? Yeah, I think we know that that there are some things they're about to find out about themselves that it's kind of hard to to face. I think it's. The contrast to, again, right, that you're a different person now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can even discover how you're different until you've had to walk it for a little while. Right. Right. And so I used to, mm-hmm. right, Yeah. The, you know, before D-Day and after D-Day versions of self. And mm-hmm. so when the, what I know is coming down the pike is eva- reevaluating really everything. Yeah. about who you are, what's important yeah. to you, so what are your values. Self-discovery stuff. It's lots Blah. of self-discovery. Right, gross. <laughs> I'd just rather numb out, right? Let's right. just watch a movie. Let's, yeah. just, let's read a book, right? <laughs> let's not do that. I don't want to do that. It is. It's painful. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I always joke with my clients that it's like, geez, I don't want to take a yeah. high-powered magnifying mirror to my face. Ugh, yeah. I don't want to know that, right? right? But that's really the process that if you if you do recovery work, that's, that's what it is. It mm, is a, a deep dive, of, yeah, right? Absolutely. As what's the what's the Jennifer Schneider quote, right? We have to dive into the center of the wound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's Schneider. I think oh. that is. Uh, can't remember her name. I'll find it though. Okay, um, we'll get it correct. Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, you had dive, dive into the painful center of the the wound. Yeah, right. and that's the wound with the relationship, and it's really also the wound with self. Right, mm-hmm. and. Um, the reality is, is that, you know, in the beginning it makes sense, right? You know, when somebody's cut you open, one, you you have to, you have to deal with the, that particular injury, which is a gaping wound, right? right? And, and you have to deal with the person who caused that injury. Right. That is always priority one. But as healing starts to take place and recover, as we call recovery, starts to take place mm-hmm. and people are making progress in that, they're like, um, they start to pan out mm-hmm. a little bit. And they're like, where? There's a lot of other injury here. Right. right. You know, in this journey of self discovery, as mm-hmm. we call it. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, like, and, um, and so, like, when people are actually able to really look at, to the the wound and around the wound. Yes. Realizing like um, there might be some things, other things that are contributing to my pain. And so what's, what's really beautiful is that after, you know, you've done some work, so maybe you are a year in and you've done, when people start exploring that, I don't have to ask them questions like, tell me about your attachment history. I don't have to ask <laughs> right. them, what's your relationship with your mother, your father, your yeah. first, you know, lover. It was where the brain just goes, and I get to do that thing of, wow, look how we started talking about your relationship, and you started talking about your mother. Right. 
It's yeah. beautiful it, it, because it's it it's, it's the hard. idea too, right? Yeah. That if we give it the space, the brain and body kind of know what it needs, yeah. and it needs to go back to revisit some yeah. of those things. I I love those. I love the sessions. Like I always usually point it out whenever I catch it, and I I think I catch them mostly is because it's hard not to because it's contrast, where mm-hmm. um, our clients for the first time they spend an entire session not I love talking mm-hmm. about their partner at all. Mm-hmm. And I'll always point that out. Usually at the end of session, you realize that you didn't bring him or her up once. Right. You know? Right. And, uh, but that's kind of goes to your point of Mm -hmm. like that. They're having, they're starting to explore these other things Mm -hmm. about themselves. And and as much as you, as Carrie says, you know, it's a beautiful thing because it is, it's a painful thing. Yes, it is. (laughs) You know, and, and that also creates insult to injury too because partners will often feel like that mm-hmm. well he he or slash she did this to me and now they're forcing me to deal with my you know mm-hmm. without uh and i didn't even uh, i can't even do that on my own timing I know, I know. you know but which is uh, a fair yeah. a fair feeling to have but the reality is is nobody just willfully dives into their traumas, you know, because like, it's not like, you know, 30, 35 years old, we're like, you know what, I think it's time, you know, to Mm -hmm. want to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and usually something happens to us and we just kind of have to. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. Otherwise, why would you? Otherwise, why would you? You're numb, you're numb, you're fine, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know, but I think that often, if we're talking about people that are into recovery, I think that injustice feeling has worked itself into other ways too. I don't hear that as often at that point. And I often think that's because people are buying into healing and recovery and they are getting Mm -hmm. some of the relief, right? Because naming your feelings and telling the story and identifying the threads and of experiences or beliefs and talking that through in therapy or in group or in all the things it changes. It's that's the whole reason we Mm -hmm. do it. It starts to change you and it feels good. Right. Um, Right. What is it? The idea that just naming your feeling is cuts the intensity of them in yeah. half. It's, you know, again, pretty, pretty impressive. And mm-hmm. so the idea that, Hey, we didn't talk about, you know, him or her all session or, Oh, look how your, your brain mm-hmm. went right to some early experiences in your life mm-hmm. is just kind of, I guess, being guardrails for clients mm-hmm. to, right. as because they're buying into the mm-hmm. work because they aren't at day one. Right. Right. And this lasts a long time, but you're not day one is not the same as day 364. Right. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm having trouble saying that word. Absolutely. Mm, Sorry. There you go. I mumbled that one. Avoid it if you need to. Do you have words that you just mumble sometimes? Sorry, I'm having a squirrel moment. I know you are. Yeah, sure. But I can't think of any. That's one for me. Absolutely. Like I have to, Mm, to but you know, you know, you know, one thing I, it's, you know, how in the, in our first sessions we do the, um, the, the whole spiel of confidentiality uh-huh. and how that works. And every time I get to the part where I'm like, you know, the only reasons that I would legally have to break confidentiality is if you were a threat to yourself or others, if it was court order, or if you were a threat, or if you, uh, if there was suspicion of child abuse or neglect and elderly abuse or neglect. And every time I get to that elderly abuse or neglect, I can't, I mumble it like, like, hmm. So unless there's child abuse or neglect or elderly abuse, no. 
<laughs> like I can't. Your brain's done. I have to like lick my lips <laughs> and like and I, and kind of slow down and be like, or elderly well, I, abuse. I just or neglect. say a child or elderly abuse or neglect. See, just oh yeah. See? You know my love of efficiency. See? You just cut like six <laughs> well, words out. Well, isn't mumbling kind of efficient to the mumbler? <laughs> <laughs> But not to the listener. And we're here for people to listen. (laughs) (laughs) They've already checked out at that point anyways. True. No, you're right. The eyes are glazed over and and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, But um, so, so we... When it comes to the this lasting pain, um, the first thing to let people know is like, yes, that is... That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're not you're not doing it wrong, okay. in that sense, or necessarily. Like, uh, in hopefully, if you're, if you if there was something your therapist was concerned about, in that they they just they tell you, right? Um, but um, but you're not doing it wrong. Um, it's painful for a while. It won't be painful f- like that. F- right. It won't you that intense raw crisis pain won't be there forever. Right. But it is likely a year down the road. You might be wondering, like, man, it still hurts, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that part is still there. Um, but let's talk about, like, then, as, you know, there's a grief process, which is part of the journey of self-discovery that we were talking about. Um, what is uh, what is the way forward? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and all we can really talk to mostly is about, like, how we would take people forward, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah. Well, I think at the, you know, after they've done some work, hopefully we've established some structures that Mm -hmm. um, are helping them balance attending to what's going on and doing what needs to be done, right? So that Mm -hmm. whole system of checking in with your feelings and still being able to put one foot in front of the other. Hopefully we've set some structure that increases more communication, self-awareness and couple awareness. Mm -hmm. And so after a a year-ish, the pain should feel different, right? Mm -hmm. The pain should feel different, not not as acute, not as sharp, right? Maybe more sore or tender, still making those adjustments and how to manage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at that point, it's also about let's really kind of talk about the depths Mm -hmm. of the trauma at a pace that you can can handle, mm-hmm. right? But we're not just trying to get through it. Now we're trying to explore it so you can mm-hmm. feel it and so you can tell your story. And so that does look like mm-hmm. individual therapy. That does look like couples mm-hmm. therapy. That does look like reflexive writing, that reflective writing, that does mm-hmm. look like spiritual exploration, that does look like understanding a baseline of what self-care looks like, mm-hmm. exercise, right. sleep, nutrition, sunlight, mm-hmm. healthy ex- you know exchanges with others. Um, and, and, and kind of continuing mm-hmm. that path, right? A lot of us as therapists that, well, after a year, we're like, all right, are we ready to talk about trauma therapies, right? Mm-hmm. That's often when we're talking EMTR, yeah. more intense couples therapies or right. interventions that are really about targeting, right. right? As we said, the center of the wound. Yeah. And for people hearing Carrie say that, it might, you know, you're hearing her rattle off a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um but it's okay to pace yourself. Absolutely. You know, it's important to pace yourself. Yeah. I would say at that. Um, but also, too, remembering, like, it's one iron. Uh, oh, Josh. I mumble. Again. One iron in the fire at a time. There you it's go. The, it's words that start with vowels. Oh, that's me. your, yeah, that's what it yeah. is. One iron. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like such an oaky. You say it again for people to hear. One iron in the fire at a time. Right. So. Okay. One step at a time, one breath at a time, whatever you need to hear. Yeah, I like the hard consonant. I know you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one breath at a time. I like that. Okay. So, 
but um, you know, just pacing yourself and um, and not, you know, not to rush the process, even though it, you'll probably be tempted to, because mm-hmm. you, you people do want the pain to stop. True. Uh, but there are. I, I want to just give an example to illustrate to people like the implications of recovery, because the, what makes it hard and why there's why there's resistance a lot of the times, because. Um, most people are as part of the recovery process is on a forgiveness journey, you know, and, and this is regardless whether they stay together or not, right, because true. as most of us know, uh, true forgiveness is, is about the person forgiving. It's, mm-hmm. it's to the health benefit of the forgiver, not the one who, um, you know, is being forgiven. So you're on that path anyways. Um. But, so I'm going to use an extreme example. So let's just say a person who has experienced a betrayal through infidelity. I guess it's not actually, this won't be extreme. It's actually quite common. Um, Let's say that they grew up in a home where their, let's just say their dad, just kind of use, you know, kind of go down the stereotype here. The dad, so a wife's husband has cheated and, uh, and they grew up in a home where their dad had also cheated. And um, that, uh, you know, the, it affected their relationship and they didn't have a very good opinion of him. And was, there's hard feelings and he's a lot of ex- expletives. I can't say that one either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm working at forgiving this yeah. per- other person that did this to me. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean about my dad, you know, or what does that, yeah. what does that do to that story mm-hmm. and the narrative there? But it's not just narratives re- relating to infidelity. It, 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 will, it will change narratives related to anybody that has wronged you or hurt right. you or, right. you know, and then some people that you didn't think hurt you, <laughs> you're wondering, well, maybe they were complicit in some pain, right. you know, and it's right. just... It can be a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah, I think that, I mean, again, and I think that doesn't get revealed until you're kind of shifted out some of that crisis, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of and what th- we do, oh, go ahead. Well, I think the other element that I say to clients and that we haven't said yet, but you just need time and repetition. So why does this take so long? Because it does. <laughs> you just need some time and repetition, yeah. right? You just need time and any change. Yeah is require time and repetition. Yeah. And that's a real bummer, um, but it's the only way through. And, and that's what we know about recovery is mm-hmm. that it's you have to just go through. You can't avoid, you can't go under, you can't go over. And so mm-hmm. the idea that after you've given this some time and your brain and body are ready to say, boy, if I forgive my partner, yeah. do I also have to revisit forgiving my father? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that takes some time to, to get to that space and it's okay and that happens more right so i guess part of what we're also inviting people to do here josh is to be gentle with themselves yes yes and when you hear one to three years and yeah um if it was me i hear oh i'll do it in one right (laughs) (laughs) of course you do (laughs) (laughs) oh what but carrie be like no i'm gonna do it in 364 days sure well (laughs) absolutely right um but you can't outwork time right you just effort is under your control time is not. Mm -hmm. And, um, part of this is about balance, put in the effort, Mm -hmm. but also recognize the variable that Mm -hmm. isn't under your control and that's time. And I think part of our job as therapists Mm -hmm. is to help, you know, cheer on the effort and help Mm -hmm. clients to sit with the time. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, 
you know, we should do a follow up follow up episode to this and talk about different milestones that clients mm. typically experience on this journey. Okay. Just so that when we're trying when we're addressing this uh, the path forward, um, maybe to give people an idea of some of the things that we experience right. with our clients that are common, mm-hmm. you know, that we we talk about with our clients sure. sometimes. Um, and, uh, in that way, uh, people can have, uh, at least, uh, you know, a, a potential guide a for, yeah, a map to, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that, um, I, I was there and, you know, right. just, and a lot of times, uh, I'll even say the words to my clients like, oh, it, you know, they'll come in and they're like disturbed or upset by something. And I'll reflect back to them where you're at is tracking, right. exactly. you know, with where, where mm-hmm. how we understand progress and recovery. Right. And right. one thing too. Dave Fournier, Dr. David Fournier would say is in mental health, progress looks like destruction yeah. in the beginning, especially, yeah. um, which is like our, the mental health version of saying things get worse before they yeah, get better. That's right. You know? And I think so. also just to give more literal and to wrap up, and I know we have this in our notes, but um, in the book, Mending the Shattered Heart by Stephanie Carnes, mm-hmm. she has a nice little graph. That shows you the stages over time. Yeah. Right. So she's so a lot again, Mm -hmm. a lot of partners who are trying to create a map for how Mm -hmm. long is this going to suck. Right. Right. And what's that going to look like? You can pull that little chart out and Mm -hmm. people really like that. Yes. And that book is actually, I pre linked that one. So that one's already in the notes um, uh, because I figured it would (laughs) come up. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. um, It's very Along with Michelle Mays' Betrayal Bind. Mm -hmm. There's some good resources. She normalizes time too in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some great resources. One I didn't link yet, but I will, is the our favorite, The Body Keeps the Score. Because yes, yeah. you brought up the, 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 you body. Know, mm-hmm. the body and the memory and things like that. Yeah. So so anyways, I mean, uh, yeah, let's let's do a follow-up yeah. to that. And um, There's many ways to go with this, right? right? Mm-hmm. But I do think next week, I think it's Holly Shockley. And I we'll think be, it's Rebel. Isn't oh, it? Is it Rebel next week? I yeah. can't remember. I think we're doing EMDR after that. Yeah. Or the next time. No, Rebel will be eating disorders. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or okay. disorder. I think we're going to do disorder eating. Disorder eating. eating which is okay. a little different. Okay. Um, but we got some cool guests yes, uh, coming we do. on. And Holly's topic is going to be pretty cool, too, because she's going to want she's gonna want to talk about how to communicate with difficult people. Mm. Wasn't her exact words. <laughs> This is what you heard. Are you the difficult? Yeah, I'm person? probably the difficult. Yeah, person maybe to so. Communicate with squirrel. Can't say yeah, vowel words. I know. Yeah. Like it's getting bad too. Oh boy, what are you going to be like when you're 65, Josh? I just like. <laughs> I just want to be fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> that will be fun. You have a good humor, good spirit about it. That's true. Why wouldn't it be yeah. fun? You're, squirrel moments don't ever annoy people. What are you talking about? I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate uh, everybody being with us and supporting our channel and yeah. our podcast, and we hope you'll uh, keep listening. Thank you.